me has always been there. But now it's awake. And I need help. It's become a new Christmas tradition. That's right, this month, fans all over the world, they're just going to flock to theaters for the new Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi. The Last Jedi is the second movie in this new Star Wars trilogy. It's been two years since The Force Awakens stormed the box office, making more than $2 billion worldwide. Now, over the last two years, fans have been left to ponder important questions like who Rey's parents were, whether Finn survived that lightsaber wound, and how Kylo Ren grew up to be such a jerk. But there's another question that has dominated Star Wars message boards for the last two years. Who is Supreme Leader Snoke? I saw raw, untamed power. And beyond that, something truly special. Snoke is the big bad guy in the new trilogy. Even though his true identity is yet to be revealed, he's actually portrayed in the movie by Andy Serkis. Serkis became world famous after playing Gollum in the Lord of the Rings films using then new technology of motion capture. In the Star Wars movies, he again uses digital makeup to play Snoke. Mocap allows actors to play characters who they look nothing like. Snoke is a twisted and deformed human. And Circus has used the technology to portray non-human parts like King Kong and Caesar, the ape leader in the recent Planet of the Apes movies. Motion capture has dramatically changed the kind of characters that can be depicted on screen. The imagination is truly the only limit now. And it was the Star Wars series that was critical in ushering in this era. Though the current heads of the Star Wars franchise don't like to talk about this too often, That's because the first totally digital character in Hollywood history was also one of the most reviled. No, no, Mr. Stead! Mr. Kodja Jumpings! I'm America's digital pro, Kim Commando, and in this Commando On Demand podcast, you're going to love it. We're going to learn about the rise of digital characters in Hollywood and how the Star Wars franchise just totally led the way. Are you ready? Let's get started right after this short message. You have to check blind spots to drive safely, right? Same thing goes for identity theft protection. If you just monitor your credit, you might miss something, like your info for sale on the dark web. LifeLock detects a wider range of identity threats to help protect your identity. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock offers visibility you might not get on your own. Membership starts at $9.99 a month, plus applicable taxes. Go to LifeLock.com. Use promo code KIM to save 10%. Oh, poor Jar Jar. He was once hailed as a breakthrough advancement in digital technology. But nearly 20 years after the release of Star Wars, The Phantom Menace, Jar Jar Binks is almost universally loathed. You saved my again! What's this? A local. Let's get out of here before more droids show up. The character was intended to be the film's comic relief, offsetting the darker themes of George Lucas's prequel trilogy. 
But he ended up feeling wildly out of place in a story about the transformation of Anakin Skywalker into Darth Vader. Excuse me, but the most safest place would be Gonga City. It's where I grew up. It's a hidden city. Nevertheless, Jar Jar Binks remains this watershed character in the history of filmmaking. It was the first time an entirely digital character played a lead role in a major Hollywood film. And this was cutting-edge stuff. So much so that when The Phantom Menace was in pre-production back in 1997, George Lucas and his team, they weren't sure that they could even pull it off. We're pursuing the idea of doing the Jar Jar body on the set and the head and the digital. The guy we got has got a great walk and everything, and when he translated into Jar Jar, it was great. The thing is, though, one of the things that can make this thing the most special thing in the world is that it is a pure CG character. But what we're trying to do in the end is speed up the animation. We have the guy anyway. Yeah, I'm shooting the guy anyway. So if you have the guy in the suit, it costs you the aggravation of how does he stand in the suit? The wear and tear in the suit? Does it look good? Yeah, no, I know. But in the end, that's all that stuff. But what you gain is that there are moments where he interacts with humans and everything, which cut costs very fast. The guy in the suit was a young musician and dancer named Ahmed Best. Best was cast as Jar Jar Binks when he was just 24 years old, with almost no acting credits to his name. I mean, they told me it was, when I first started, they were like, uh, it's a new character, we can't tell you what it is or what it looks like, but um, it's going to be brand new in the Star Wars world. And then they just put me through a bunch of paces at ILM with motion capture and with George Lucas, and, you know, two weeks later, I got the part. Best played Jar Jar on set. He was then filmed again on a soundstage while wearing what looked like a wetsuit with golf balls glued all over it. You see, the position of those balls at any given moment was then captured by a massive computer. That provided a skeleton that the digital animators could then paint over. And that's what motion capture is. Capturing real human movement so that it can make digital characters seem more lifelike. The technology was first developed in the mid-1980s by a digital effects company called Able Image Research. They produced a 30-second advertisement completely using all computer graphics. At the Hollywood studio of Able Image Research, a new way of creating animation is being developed. They are using the computer as a tool for making characters move in believable, lifelike ways. From the breakthroughs here has come animation which would have been impossible just a few short years ago. The biggest challenge was making the robot move, which would bring her to life. Director Randy Roberts invented a technique called brute force animation, which did the job. A live model was filmed, and the spots painted on her body were used to make a skeleton drawing with the computer. This stick figure animation is called a vector graphic. Once the motion was correct, the robot and her space condo had to be filled in or rendered. These 3D computer images are called raster graphics. These pictures required millions of bits of information which the computer had to calculate. But the result is one of the most unique commercials ever made. Able Image Research used four cameras to capture eight points on that woman's body. It took the computer they were using 17 hours to process, get this, just three seconds of film. The new Star Wars film 
used 100 cameras to capture more than 1,000 points on Andy Serkis' body and face. The process of turning those individual dots into a convincing character on the screen, as you can imagine, it's incredibly labor-intensive. We have to behave pretty much in the same way that a, a sculptor would with a ball of clay. That's Mike McGee. He's the creative director of the digital effects company, The Frame Store. They have brought to life so many digital characters over the years for film and television. And it's the same as if you're sculpting with your fingers and your hands on a, on a, on a real physical model. We have to make the best approximation of a three-dimensional shape. I've watched so many examples of your work, Mike, including one where you brought Audrey Hepburn back to life for a chocolate commercial. The results were incredibly realistic. Absolutely. The human eye is so clever at detecting something that isn't real. And I think that's because we spend so much of our time looking in the mirror at ourselves. Uh, we, we look at our partners or our family up close. And your eye is very adept at noticing something that isn't absolutely real uh, in a CG image. The new Star Wars films have also used motion capture technology to revive the dead. In last year's movie, Rogue One, the animators at Industrial Light and Magic recreated a character that first appeared in the original 1977 film. What's unfortunate about the security breach on Jeddah, Director Krennic? After so many setbacks and delays, and now this. The actor who first portrayed Grand Moff Tarkin died in the early 90s. So Lucasfilm and the effects wizards at Industrial Light and Magic decided to film another actor and animate Cushing's face onto the replacement. You have made time an ally of the rebellion. As a visual effects person myself, I think of the technology really as digital makeup. I, I really believe that you're taking a real actor and you're placing the most amazing makeup on them to make them look like another performer. The ability to bring back dead actors has sparked a debate in Hollywood about the ethics of the practice. Lawyers are busily crafting clauses in actors' contracts, stipulating if and how their image can be used after their death. The Star Wars franchise had to confront the legalities and the morality of recreating dead actors after Carrie Fisher died unexpectedly last year. And Fisher portrayed Princess Leia in both the original and the new trilogies. She had already shot her scenes for The Last Jedi and was expected to appear in the third film. Well, that plan had to be scuttled after her death. And for a while, the studio appeared to flirt with the idea of creating a digital doppelganger. Well, fans' reaction to that idea was overwhelmingly negative, and it was quickly scrapped. Nevertheless, a young Princess Leia did appear in last year's Rogue One, which was set immediately before the original 1977 film. Your Highness, the transmission we received. What is it they've sent us? Help. Carrie Fisher gave her blessing for that recreation before her death. But sadly, The Last Jedi will likely mark the last time we get to see Princess Leia on screen. What isn't going to disappear is the technologies that Lucasfilm first developed two decades ago. You see, digital characters brought to life with motion capture technology are now a Hollywood staple. And the technology continues to be used to bring the Star Wars universe to life. In The Force Awakens, Academy Award-winning actress Lupita Nyong'o portrayed a four-foot-tall, orange-skinned Maz Kanata. Dear child, I see your eyes. You already know the truth. The belonging you seek is not behind you. 
It is ahead. I am no Jedi, but I know the Force. It moves through and surrounds every living thing. Why I wanted to do motion capture was because it was an opportunity to play a character that wasn't limited by my physical circumstances. And after playing a role like Patsy in 12 Years of Slave that is so much about my physical circumstances, it was a great departure from that and a very exciting one. I'd watch people like Andy Serkis and Benedict Cumberbatch, Zoe Saldana do it, and um, it offers a very unique acting challenge. It's not every day you get to play someone who is really not you. Dr. Skywalker himself... You are right back in the mess. I need you to get this droid to Leia. No. I'd have that moment of, whoa, this is for real, and this is really the galaxy far, far away. It's seamless. That's the thing that I kept, that's the word I kept coming back to watching this film. This feels, this film feels like a seamless continuation of the Star Wars saga. And of course, the villain Snoke will also be back for The Last Jedi. Andy Serkis has become the preeminent motion capture actor. He told Wired Magazine earlier this year that the technology continues to improve. It's just such a brilliant technology and I've embraced it and of course now you know, I have my own studio and own company so I can understand that. I suppose I've spent you know, the last 15 years working on characters using this technology so I actively have brought that on myself. I mean, I want to push the boundaries. If what you say about this girl is true, bring Alongside all of that, actually, is a growing understanding and a growing perception of performance capture and the animators who, who then take this data and, and interpolate the performance and watch what the actors are doing. And, and Alongside all of that, actually, is a growing understanding and a growing perception of performance capture and the animators who, who then take this data and, and interpolate the performance and watch what the actors are doing, and, and particularly Weta, who have vast experience in this now, who, who have a great uh, kind of army of people who can who can then take what we do on set and interpret it and put it onto the, the, the character that you're playing. And you can expect to see a lot more motion-captured performances in the Star Wars universe over the coming years. The Star Wars machine is going to roll on with a separate Han Solo movie next Christmas. In two years, the final film in the new trilogy will hit theaters. And Lucasfilm has just announced an all-new trilogy will be written and directed by The Last Jedi director, Ryan Johnson, although none of them are expected to include Jar Jar Binks. What is to become of Jar Jar Binks here? He seemed to be punished. Thanks for listening to this Commando On Demand podcast. If you like what you hear, be sure to share this information with your family members and friends. And just a reminder, if you're not already getting my podcast delivered to you automatically, make sure that you subscribe on Apple iTunes or Google Play. And by the way, this podcast is not The Kim Commando Show. You could learn more about The Kim Commando Show podcast by heading over to getkim.com. That's getkim.com. Kim Commando is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. Delicious meals at home in under 30 minutes. Start today at hellofresh.com slash kim. <laughs>